One of the things I really like to do with this show, because the the end game for doing a radio show for me, as somebody who grew up loving talk radio, that's the reason I wanted to get into this field, and I've always had a passion for talk radio. I've talked about that before. Uh, but one of the things I like to do is give a, a peek behind the curtain, right? Like reveal the inner workings of what goes into my daily process of putting together two hours of content. Because, I, I, you know, I'm not going to say that this job is like impossible to do or anything. It's very fun. It's very rewarding. But there is a little bit of effort that goes into being able to come up here and sit down and spit out two hours of content each and every single day. Mm-hmm. So anyways, I I like to give a peek behind the curtain sometimes to the listener because I'd like to build a relationship with the listener. I think the cool thing about radio is if you listen to this show frequently or whatever show it is that you listen to frequently, if you have a podcast or, you know, a morning talk show, whatever it may be, there is something symbiotic between talk show host and listener in the sense that you kind of feel like friends. Like even though I am sitting here right now, the studio that I work in is like a I don't know, like eight yard by eight yard studio. Kind of small little room, one window, it's just me and a microphone in here. So when I'm talking to myself, the only way I can keep myself from going bat bleep crazy is imagine that like I am speaking directly to you sitting in your car or listening to this on a podcast right now. I like to build that relationship. So with that, I like to give a peek behind the curtain. Here is pretty much my routine daily. And this is this is like 24 hours a day. My favorite gold mine for content on this show. My favorite place to go to gather ideas and topics and conversations for this show is Twitter. Twitter.com. Some of you may be on Twitter. Some of you may not be on Twitter. If you're not, that's cool. I always urge people to go to Twitter because Twitter, uh, I have been on Twitter, not to sound like, you know, the cool kid. I don't know if you can say, like, I'm the cool kid because I was on Twitter way back when. But I got on Twitter in 10th grade. I was in 10th grade at Newburn High School. I got on Twitter because Twitter wasn't a big thing yet, and it was not blocked on the school computers at Newburn High School. And I had an online class at Newburn High School in my 10th grade year. And for the online class, it was during the school day. But instead of going to a classroom, I went and sat in the library and and did a course. And so, you know, while I'm supposed to be doing my schoolwork, I'm sitting there screwing around on the internet. And I end up discovering Twitter. I get on it. And I quickly realized that Twitter is an excellent news source. Not in the sense of like, you know, deciphering between the news you want to hear, the news you don't like, the opinions, all that. I understand that most of the stuff on Twitter is probably garbage, but that's why I originally got in there. You know, journalists, all sorts of people post stuff. One of the cool things about Twitter, though, is they have a what's trending page, okay? What's trending? Like, what is what is the universe talking about? What's a buzz? And they'll even tailor these things specifically towards you or, you know, they pick up on what you like, all those algorithms that these websites use to learn more about you, right? Like when you sit there and you have a thought about needing to buy a new waffle maker, you'll just be sitting in your house and you'll think it out loud. And then you get on your phone and you scroll through Facebook and there's an advertisement for a waffle maker. Twitter does the same kind of thing. Everybody's spying on us all the time. I fully believe that. The point here is I'm just rambling on on a Friday afternoon. Um, and, And honestly, I don't need to ramble because I'm ready to get out of here. 
because of my Twitter experience this morning as I was gathering content. I go to the What's Trending section on Twitter this morning. And there's all sorts of stuff. You know, there's, there's election stuff. There's, hey, there's the uh, LaMelo ball versus Lonzo ball coming up at 4.30 today on ESPN. So we're just a little bit away from that. If you are interested in checking out the Hornets versus the Pelicans and seeing some ball-on-ball action. Probably the only time you'll ever see ball-on-ball action on ESPN or on cable networks. <laughs> some of you may get the innuendo there. Some of you may not. Some of you may not even... Uh, I think it was good innuendo, but I'm trying. Anyways, one of the things that was trending at the top of the list this morning, and this was trending in the U.S. That, that was the, the title of the subsection, trending in the U.S. And this is when I quickly shut down Twitter, and I'm, I think I'm probably done with Twitter for the day. And maybe for the rest of the weekend. The top trending topic this morning in the United States was age of consent. Yes, you heard me correctly. The top trending topic on Twitter this morning was simply age of consent. And now I'm not going to lie to you. I clicked on it because I was very curious. Why in the world on a Friday in the United States is age of consent trending? I think we've got some more pressing issues going on in this country. There's also just a lot more things that I think most normal folks would be interested in. But I'm a sucker. I clicked on it. I was happy to find, <laughs> I was happy to find after scrolling just a little bit, that it seemed like most people who were tweeting about age of consent were having the same reaction as I was. It was clicking on the age of consent trend and realizing that a lot of people were tweeting about the age of consent trend because they saw the age of consent trend tweeting. Everybody was questioning, why is this happening? Why is this happening? And unfortunately, that's the snowball effect when things are trending. Even if you're questioning why it's trending, if you are mentioning it, mentioning it, excuse me, you are part of the problem. I was part of the problem this morning. Needless to say, I shut down Twitter uh, very soon after that. I never discovered why the true meaning age of consent was trending. Um, Keep your hands to yourselves, people. All right, that's my message to you going into the weekend. Uh, so that being said, that was my feeling going into this show today. I was like, you know what? Uh, I think we've seen enough. The first week of 2021, I think we've seen enough. I'm not one of these people who likes to blame the year. You know, I'm not like, you know, ah, oh, 2020, bleep you, 2020, this is all your fault, or bleep you, 2021, this is all your fault. Look how we're getting started. We made it, guys. All right, so let's just everybody wipe our hands clean. All right, going to the weekend, ELE, a little Johnny Moon action, right? Semi-pro, Will Ferrell, ELE, everybody love everybody going into this <laughs> into this weekend. Stay away from freaky Twitter trends. I, uh, I learned my lesson there this morning. This is the Sam Avalis Show. What's up? We got a fun show coming up. Von Casey's going to be hanging out with me Uh for most of the afternoon here today, Vaughn's going to be here. I think he's standing right outside the door. He's ready to come in any second now. So I need to make this quick. I want to thank today's sponsor right off the top of the show. Of course, you know him. You love him. Toyota of New Bern. Really, for my money, you can't find anybody who is more supportive of this community than the folks out of Toyota of New Bern. A lot of you probably know Paul McDonald and all the work he does in this community they're fantastic people. We appreciate their support here on this show at this radio station. 
We love the guys over at Toyota of Newburn. They're doing something really cool right now where they're beginning to work with a lot of local small businesses to try to, you know, just rally some support around some small businesses. So I'm going to forego what Toyota of Newburn has going on right now. Because I've already told you about it. 0% APR financing, no payments until spring. The Tacomas, look, I've had my Tacoma since 2009. It still runs like it's brand new. I'm not even kidding you. Never had an issue with that thing, knock on wood. And even if I did, I'd take it right out to Toyota of Newburn Service Center. I'm not even going to bother telling you about the great things at Toyota of Newburn. What I am going to tell you about is right now, going on right now at Snapdragon in downtown Newburn, which is right there, what is that, uh, Middle Street. Yeah, Middle Street in Newburn. Right there, like across from Cypress Hall. You know Snapdragon, the toy store down there. If you head to Snapdragon this weekend, and through next week, Toyota of Newburn has partnered up with Snapdragon, and they are handing out coloring sheets for your kids. Coloring sheets for your kid that feature the Yoda bear and Baby Yoda. Y-O-T-A. Baby Yoda. I finished Mandalorian last night, by the way. I need to get to that at some point. Speaking of Baby Yoda, who I learned finally has a name. His name is Grogu. Spoiler alert. But if you head to Snapdragon right now, and you pick up one of these coloring sheets... Color it in. I prefer you give it to your kid to color, but you know what? Grown men, grown women, sometimes we like to color things too. Fill out the coloring sheet. There's an email address at the bottom. You can send it in. You know, if you want to scan it or something like that, you can send it in to the email that is listed, or you can also just head out to Toyota of Newburn, drop it off there. You can also drop it off right at Snapdragon. Head to Snapdragon, pick up a coloring sheet, do a little shopping while you're there, pick up a coloring sheet, color in a picture. Color in a picture, right? Tell the kids, put down the video game, color in a picture for a little while. Take a couple minutes, you send it into Toyota of Newburn, you email it, you drop it off at Snapdragon, you drop it off at Toyota, and they will pick a lucky winner to win a $50 reward. That's right, a $50 reward coming your way if you go and participate in the, uh, I guess, I'm going to say, they do Toyota-thon, I'm going to call this Color-thon, I don't know if they have a name for it, I've Already closed out of the email, so I'm not going back. <laughs> but head out to Snapdragon. Ask them about the Toyota promotion that they have going on right now. Check them out this weekend. Help support local businesses because we all know that local businesses can use all the support that they can get right now. Like I mentioned, Von Casey going to be in studio with me the rest of the afternoon. We're going to talk a lot of NFL. Talking like the next hour and a half is going to probably be all NFL conversation. So you guys should enjoy that after coming off of what was a very nonsensical 5 o'clock hour yesterday. We're going to straighten up just a little bit for you guys the rest of the day. I said I mentioned Baby Yoda because Baby Yoda is one of the – it's not – if, you've probably seen the Toyota of Newburn mascots, right? Like they have Yoda Bear, which is like looks like all the bear statues around town, basically. And then they have Baby Yota, Y O T A, Toyota, right? You get it. I don't have to explain it to you. You're responsible, smart adults. It's just a cute little cuddly baby bear. You can pick up either one. So, anyways, it got me thinking about Baby Yoda, and I finished Mandalorian last night, season two. I'm not even going to lie to you. I teared up at the end. Uh, so if you haven't finished it, or I'm going to be short here, so don't don't change the dial because I'm I'm going to keep it very brief. If you haven't finished Mandalorian, just turn. You can change the dial. Everybody else, stick around for a second. You got three, two. Spoilers coming. One. 
at the very end, Luke Skywalker shows up, and it is CGI young Mark Hamill, like end of Return of the Jedi, Luke Skywalker, because Mando season two basically exists between episode six, Return of the Jedi, and episode one, Phantom Menace. No, 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 no. I got that timeline way wrong. It, it goes between episode six, Return of the Jedi, and then the first, whatever it was called, Rise of Skywalker, whatever the the... Episode 7 was, when Star Wars came back a couple of years ago, once Disney took over. He comes in, he scoops up Baby Yoda, he takes him away from the Mandalorian. It was a sweet, touching moment. The Mandalorian, who can't take his helmet off, took it off and let Baby Yoda, a.k.a. Grogu now, see his face, finally, after two whole seasons of this show. Beautiful, touching moment. I was in tears. My girlfriend was sobbing sitting there next to me because I have turned her, I've warped her mind into becoming a Star Wars fan over the last two or three years. Mandalorian Season 2, just as good as Season 1. And I had to look it up immediately because if you watch the show, you know there was some uh, loose ends that still need tying up. There is going to be a Season 3 of Mandalorian, and there is also going to be a new series called The Book of Boba Fett. Boba Fett, who made an appearance near the end of the season. There's going to be two different... John Favreau-led Star Wars projects coming out in December of 2021. So if you're a fan of those projects and you're a fan of what John Favreau has done since entering the Star Wars universe, good news for all of us. But Mandalorian Season 2, if you haven't watched that show, even if you're not a Star Wars fan, you can watch Mandalorian without being a Star Wars person. It's more uh, or less Jedi, magic, force, lightsabers, and a little bit more just... Like Bounty Hunter, if you can watch any Bounty bounty Hunter kind of show, it's a little bit higher level than like Dog the Bounty Hunter, okay? So if that's your expectation, it's not a true TV reality show. Very quality piece of work that John Favreau, who is just a mastermind, uh, put together on this project. Uh, here you go. Here's a movie recommendation before we get this first break. Speaking of John Favreau, I watched it over the pandemic. So this was months and months and months ago. John Favreau, who you know is the guy who started the Marvel Cinematic Universe, essentially, um, because he's the guy who did Iron Man. John Favreau, you've seen him in oh, I mean, just gosh, he's been in everything. The best project John Favreau has ever done, and I believe this is on either Hulu or Netflix right now. It is a movie called Chef, Chef, and it's John Favreau starting a food truck, taking like his little kid cross country. Sofia Vergara plays his wife in it. Awesome, super cool movie. Uh, really heart-touching, but also just funny as hell and just a great story. So anyways, if you need something to watch this weekend that's kind of off the beaten path, I highly recommend Chef by John Favreau. First break, getting out of the way. Von Casey going to jump back in here in studio with me the rest of the afternoon. You are listening to The Sam Avila Show right here on 252 ESPN Radio. This is The Sam Avila Show right here on 252 ESPN Radio. We're going to talk some more football because we uh, didn't talk a lot of football yesterday. Von Casey, by the way, hanging out here with me this afternoon. <laughs> did you go home and think all night about Godzilla attacks? I did. And I'm even more clear that <laughs> right. I could definitely get away. <laughs> you, can, you can survive a Godzilla attack. Godzilla kind of overrated as a massive threat. Kind of. I mean, I get why... <laughs> I get all the property destruction, massive amounts of death that he would cause right, in, right. in the epicenter. Obviously. But where I would be in New Bern, watching on the news. 
Yeah. Oh, that's, that's tough. That's rough, man. Glad mm. I don't live in the Big Apple. <laughs> yeah. Godzilla just bit right into that. Look thing. at that. Look at him. Don't that's have to worry big... about the. You wouldn't have to worry about the Knicks anymore. <laughs> Knicks <laughs> My... would definitely survive. Knicks are cockroaches. <laughs> no, man. No, no, no. In the Matthew Broderick Godzilla, Godzilla laid the eggs in Madison Square Garden. He did, that's didn't. where the baby Godzillas that's... were. And laying eggs in Madison Square Garden is a long, <laughs> long Knicks tradition. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Godzilla, we get it, but you didn't do it first. <laughs> yeah, right. Come on. Got Patrick Ewing for that. I love you, Patrick Ewing. Please don't fight me. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, let's get into some of this football stuff. Uh, I meant to ask you earlier in the week. They announced the finalists for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. The upcoming Pro Football Hall of Fame class, I think they usually, I think the rules dictate there's there's no set number of people that can be selected, but it has to be between four and eight. Mm-hmm. So I'll run through some of these names real quick of guys who were finalists to make the Hall of Fame this year. And I only care about the players. Um, they had the senior finalists, Drew Pearson, contributor finalist Bill Nunn, and coach finalist Tom Flores. That's not the fun stuff. No. That's not the fun stuff. So the finalists this year for the 2021 NFL Hall of Fame include Jared Allen, old defensive end. Mm-hmm. Uh, spent some time with the Panthers, I think a year with the Panthers. Rondé Barber is a finalist. Uh, Tony Baselli, longtime Jacksonville Jaguar, is a finalist. Leroy Butler, mm-hmm. a guy that played back when I really wasn't paying enough attention. Alex Fanica, uh, Torrey Holt. Infamous NC State legend and St. Louis Rams legend. Calvin Johnson. John Lynch, who has been on this nomination a couple times. Peyton Manning. Clay Matthews. Not the young one. The old one. The old, old Clay one. Matthews. Clay Sam Matthews Mills. Yeah. Sam Mills, famous Carolina Panther. Uh, Richard Seymour. Zach Thomas. Reggie Wayne. And Charles Woodson. you got to select five. Got to select five. I know off the top of my head, for myself, Peyton Manning is first ballot. So I'm going to go Peyton Manning. I am going to go with Torrey Holt mm-hmm. as my second. I am going to go with Charles Woodson. Good pick. I am going to go with – I don't really want to give it to Sam Mills, but I might go Sam Mills. I've got three here. Reggie Wayne. Reggie Wayne set a lot of records. I feel like they can't put him and Peyton in at the same time because they did it all together. So what I'm up to. Torrey Holt, Charles Woodson. Peyton Manning. I'm going to go Calvin Johnson. I think he's go first Calvin ballot. Yeah. First ballot. Yeah. And then, you know what? I'll go John Lynch. There's my five. John Lynch. John Lynch. Okay. Yeah, I'll go John Lynch. Okay. He's probably, he was he was just a fun player I enjoyed watching growing up. Okay. I like that. That's a pretty good list. I think I'll, if I have to only go with five, number one that I'm putting down would be Calvin Johnson. You're going Calvin. Like, yeah. if you could only pick one, you would go Calvin Johnson I would probably over go Peyton? Calvin, over Peyton just because – not even no disrespect to Peyton, because Peyton is one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever live. Right. I remember watching Calvin Johnson. I was legitimately confused how humans did. Yeah. <laughs> that humans were made like that. Right. Calvin Johnson, I think for a, a lot of people, and now if for older listeners, you got to understand the generation that Vaughn and I kind of grew up in. Yeah. I was born in 93. You were born in what, 96, 97? 98. 98. Okay, yeah. gosh, yeah. So... It's when Peyton came out. Right, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. exactly. In my lifetime, Calvin Johnson was the first freak. Like, T.O. was a freak. Mm -hmm. 
Chad Johnson was a freak. Randy Moss was a freak. But Calvin Johnson came to town, and there's a reason they called him Megatron. Because yeah. despite being on some of the worst football teams you'll ever see, that dude still put up massive numbers. And there was in his prime, he was the most unstoppable force in the NFL. I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> never seen anything like it. I showed I'm, – I'm old enough now. I'm not old at all. It's only 22. But I have a younger brother. And I get to show him football highlights that he from players he's never seen. Mm-hmm. And I got to show him Calvin Johnson's highlights, and he was legitimately confused. <laughs> like, he was very confused. Right. This is a kid who makes all of his players 99 overall on Madden so that he can just storm through competition. He had never seen anything like what real-life Calvin, real Calvin Johnson was doing to people. Yeah, he was you know one of those video game numbers yeah. kind of guys. And his i don't know if you you try to play Madden and you try to beat his uh uh the most yards in a season it's it's very difficult it's right. really really hard <laughs> even it doesn't matter what mode you're playing on it's hard to beat how many yards he put up uh in that what was it 2000 the 2013 year um that sounds about right yeah Calvin Johnson has the record it's yeah. 1964 yards hard. my man almost went over 2000 yards receiving <laughs> yeah Okay. It's freaky. Freaky. Yeah. Now, of course, number two be Peyton. <laughs> number two, Peyton. Uh, I'm putting Jared Allen in there. Jared Allen? Yeah. Uh, I remember Jared Allen being with the Panthers. I like Jared Allen. Yeah. I have a Jared Allen card. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. That I have somewhere around my <laughs> my house. Um, that's three. Let's see. You've got uh, Sam Mills, Panthers legend, Charles Woodson. I'm, see, I'm surprised Charles Woodson isn't in already. That's I'm surprised Torrey Holt's not in already. That's weird yeah. that, that Torrey Holt isn't. Torrey Holt seems like he should be in the Hall of in the Hall of Fame. I feel like if there was just a, and there there probably is, but if there was just a football Hall of Fame, not an NFL Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. then Torrey Holt should be in it because I remember going to state games as a kid watching Torrey Holt, and I mean I was like four, five, and six years old, and mm-hmm. I still remember watching Torrey Holt and just being blown away at what this guy did on a football field. And he was – you talk about it all the time. You talked about it with uh, Devonta Smith, that mm-hmm. Alabama wide receiver who just won the Heisman. Torrey Holt was the guy that's like, you just give him the ball. You don't. He doesn't have to run – you don't have to throw it to him 40 yards downfield. Yeah. Throw it to him three yards downfield, and he'll take it 40 yards. Make Kurt Warner – how's Kurt Warner a Hall of Famer before Torrey Holt? Kurt Warner is already a Hall of Famer, isn't he? Quarterbacks get love. I'll check on that. I'm not. I can't remember if Kurt Warner has gotten in or not. Yep, he got in in 2017. Before Tory. Before Tory Holt. Holt. That's insane. Yeah. Tory, you can look at you can look at Kurt Warner's stats. Kurt Warner was really good quarterback. Hall of Famer, you know. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, that, definitely yeah, I think it's that there. second run with the Cardinals that got Warner in. But even then, you have Anquan Bolden, and uh, they had Anquan Bolden. They had Anquan and, and, and Fitz. Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah. Tory Holt should have got in Torrey before, Holt should be before in, yeah. Kurt Warner. I'm putting Tory Holt on my list then. And just so I'm not a complete off I already put Jared Allen there. Jared Allen. The defense. Uh I want Charles Woodson Charles to be in Woodson. there too. I think Woodson uh should be a shoe in. But But they're gonna pick they're probably one of those people is probably not gonna get in if they're only going with five because they're gonna wanna show some love to some of the older yeah. guys like a 
Clay Matthews Sr. Clay Matthews, Tony Baselli. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not going to sit here and like tell you how good of a guard Alan Fanica was. Yeah, I'm not. But going. somebody who like watches football differently than you or I can sit there and say, "Well, you're crazy." Like Alan Fanica deserves to be in. Yeah, I'm, everybody I'm sure. else is like, "Who the hell is Alan Fanica?" <laughs> Most people don't get uh, consideration if they don't legitimately deserve to be in there. Right. Uh, right. So I'm sure if I went back and watched, I'd be like. Yeah, I could see why this guy's a Hall of Famer, right. <laughs> but I'm not doing that. I'm gonna tell you what I saw, and it was uh, <laughs> it was Calvin Johnson streaking down the field every day, that every Sunday, it every was Sunday, different. So we will be getting the uh, the official decision on the final class of 2021. They will be revealed during the NFL Honors Ceremony on Saturday, February 6th. That'll be the day before Super Bowl Sunday, I do believe, and they will be enshrined. August 8th in Canton, Ohio, the infamous Hall of Fame football game. While we are on the (laughs) – the Hall of Fame football game is amazing. Uh, While we're on the subject, do you think Ryan Fitzpatrick deserves to be in the Hall of Fame? No. I've made the case for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Compiler, dude. Compiler. Sure. Compiler. I don't I know it's crazy. It is crazy. It's insane. No, I'm sorry. Like <laughs> I uh but, I love Ryan Fitzpatrick. I will die on this hill. No <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick in the Hall of Fame. I think that is absolutely bleeping ludicrous. I just think Go ahead, make your case. I okay. will I will listen. I will listen. If you can if you can piece together Ryan Fitzpatrick's career from different years. There's a case to be made that he's probably one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. In short bursts. No. In, I, in very, very short bursts. I'm talking about moments and flashes of greatness. And he's been around so long that compiled all together, he might deserve it. Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, like Dos Equis has those commercials, like most interesting man. Mm-hmm. He is like most interesting man yes. to me in, in the NFL. Very interesting. Like the way that... You know the 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 Wonderlick score that you always hear about the Harvard graduate. The fact that he's played on like eight or nine different teams at this point. He has had a fascinating career. He's got the beard. He's kind of cool. He's got like the cool dad thing going yeah. on at this point in his career. Vaughn, he's never going to be in the Hall of Fame. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm making the case every year for Ryan Fitzpatrick getting the Hall of Fame once he retires. His stats are just like kind of mediocre. He went. He has gone fifty nine, eighty six, and one in his career. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I know he was on bad teams. Let, no, let's go. Let's knock bad teams. Fifty nine, eighty six, and one. The most yards he has ever thrown for was two thousand and fifteen. He threw for thirty nine hundred yards. He's never even had a four thousand yard season, Vaughn. How many yards compiled has he thrown for? Thirty four thousand nine hundred seventy seven. That's really good. That's not that good. No, 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 no. (laughs) Vaughn, he had a season where he threw 23 interceptions. I'm looking at these stats right here. They're horrible. But you're going going off of stats. Well, I mean, that's a little bit important in the Hall of Fame, right? Is it? What are you going off of? Just the fact that he's playing on 18 different teams? Yes. (laughs) The fact that that you told me that Kurt Warner got in before Troy Holt. So obviously nobody's looking at on-field. Kurt Warner and Ryan Fitzpatrick are not on the same playing field. (laughs) They're not? No. Kurt, Kurt Warner's no. moments of greatness might have been greater, but he was arguably on way more talented teams. Yeah, they would. Yeah, they were. Has they Kurt, were more talented partly because of Ryan, because of Kurt Warner. 
Has Ryan Fitzpatrick <laughs> ever played with a player as good as Marshall Falk? Um, probably not. No, has I he can't. played with players as good as Torrey Holt? Definitely not. Has he played with a player as good as Larry Fitzgerald? So are you telling me that if Ryan Fitzpatrick had just simply been on better teams, if he had Sometimes if, that's what it takes. If for God's sake somebody just get Ryan Fitzpatrick a weapon and this guy would be the MVP. <laughs> I'm not saying it's likely. But I'm saying there's a chance. That is that is the most amazing thing I've ever heard. So there you have it. This afternoon on the Sam Avila Show. Happy Friday, everybody. Von Casey here making a case that Ryan Fitzpatrick is a better quarterback than Kurt Warner. I think he deserves being a Hall of Fame if Kurt Warner in there. <laughs> also, uh... <laughs> dude, I can't. Even... It... <laughs> I, would, I love that. I would go back and look at Joe Namath's stats. If we're really oh, talking. Jay Namath, we've talked about this before. So, is Ryan Fitzpatrick a better quarterback than Joe Namath? Yes. Yes, that I agree with. <laughs> I do, too. That I agree with. And I think, but, the, but the grading scale was different back then, it's right? True. It's like, you know when you're in elementary school and you get your report card and you're in second grade and you either you get like an S or a U? It's like satisfactory or unsatisfactory. That was the grading scale for Joe Namath. Now we're grading on like a seven-point scale. We're not not even doing the ten-point scale. We're narrowing it down even further. We're not putting those quarterbacks on a smiley or star (laughs) basis. Yeah, exactly. That's not fair. If you want to call somebody a legend, (laughs) prove to me that they're better than Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick is a legend, yes. I will give you Ryan Fitzpatrick absolutely a legend. If we had a Hall of Famous, then he would deserve to be in it. Ryan Fitzpatrick is the man. I loved. I hate that I have to take the stance where I am talking against Ryan Fitzpatrick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but <laughs> no, dude, but, he's got like he doesn't even have a sub five hundred record. He's got like a sub three fifty career record. How many? What's the most yards that Joe Namath have ever thrown for in a season? <laughs> no, let me. I can look that up. <laughs> Please look it up. I, you're making the wrong comparison. You, uh, the Joe I just Namath want to talk thing. About somebody who's in. The Hall of Fame is considered a great quarterback. If I said that Joe, Joe Namath was the greatest quarterback of all time, most people would not disagree with me. His best season, he still threw for more yards than Ryan Fitzpatrick. How many yards did he throw? 4,007. Dang, he had 4,000 yards. He had a 4,000-yard season. How many um, picks did he throw that year? <laughs> 28. Oh, he threw twenty eight interceptions. I mean, yes, I will look. I have. I, I we are in full agreement here. Joe Namath threw one hundred and seventy three touchdowns in his career. He also threw two hundred and twenty picks. He threw he threw fifty one more interceptions than Ryan Fitzpatrick currently has. I'm look. I'm not arguing that Joe Namath was a bad quarterback. Okay, people just love Joe Namath because he was Broadway Joe and he called a shot and said we're going to win the Super Bowl. What I'm saying, but Fitzpatrick never did that. Fitzpatrick called his shot and he said we're going to go six and we're going to go six and ten this year and miss the wild card by two spots. (laughs) That's the shot that Ryan Fitzpatrick calls. There's the difference. That's legendary though. (laughs) He is legendary. He is legendary. If, I will not argue if that. If I ever become a Hall of Fame voter, you can expect Ryan Fitzpatrick to pop up every year with one vote. All right. Let me see what comes up if I Google search Ryan Fitzpatrick Hall of Fame. There is a Reddit page devoted to this. <laughs> yes! Yes! Dude, there is a Sports Illustrated article from October 8th of this season. Fitzpatrick gets into Hall of Fame. Now, granted, this is the Dolphins 
division yeah. of Sports Illustrated. But here, you know, I'll just read the headline. Miami Dolphins quarterback earned a place in the Pro Football Hall of Fame for his performance in the Week 3 Thursday night game against Jacksonville. Now, if that's not one of the saddest sentences I have read, ever read in my life. <laughs> oh, wait, no, he actually is in the, Hall of, in the Hall of they Fame. They put his jersey in there, but they're not going to enshrine him. He's got a jersey from that specific game. That's good enough for me. There you go. You got it. You win. Vaughn, you win at the end of the day. That man deserves to be somewhere in the annals of football history. (laughs) At the end of the day, when it's all said and done, yes. When Godzilla comes for us all, at least I know that Ryan Fitzpatrick is a Hall of Fame. (laughs) (laughs) Can't believe you made me do this. All right. Are we, are we going to be able to squeeze out a serious football conversation yeah. next? Yeah, probably not. More Ryan Fitzpatrick, Hall of Fame pitches. I said pitches with a P. FCC. <laughs> More Sam Avalos. It's the Sam Avalos Show right here on 252 ESPN Radio. I am he, Sam Avalos. Bon Casey hanging out with me here this afternoon. Check him out on Twitter at V-O-N-K-252. That's Vonk252 on Twitter. Lots of good stuff. You do a lot of writing and stuff for like other platforms. Do you have anything that you want to plug? I need to ask you that more often. That I want to plug right now? Uh, you got anything on the horizon? On the horizon. I'll be in Teen Vogue in a couple of weeks. Sweet. So check me out there. It'll be on my Twitter page. Anything I write is on my Twitter page. The man, the myth, the legend. Bon case. <laughs> People call you that? Hope not. <laughs> know, that's kind of like an insult, right? <laughs> yeah. The man and the myth and the legend. We decided during the break after talking about, after Vaughn blasphemed against the NFL Hall of Fame and said that Ryan Fitzpatrick should be a Hall of Famer, we have decided that over the next month, I think before the Hall of Fame finalists are officially decided, those who actually are going to be inducted, we are going to come up with the, I mean, what should we just call it? Like the Hall of Famous? Like the Hall of Famous. Like people who, because the Hall of Fame, you have to be a good football player to get in. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of football players who are famous, perhaps for the wrong reasons, mm-hmm. who may also deserve to get in like the first nominee i had was and i have just a ridiculous addiction to this guy Jameis winston yes because my man threw a five thousand yard 30 touchdown 30 interception season i mean we will never ever see that replicated again i think that deserves to be in the hall of fame because it was just such a remarkable feat (laughs) (laughs) it's a great achievement in sports yeah i think i think we could we could we could Specify for football here, and then open it up to all sports. Wow, all sports. Yeah. Okay. So that'll be uh, that'll be a little side project we work on maybe over the next month, and we'll we'll get to that a little bit later. But it is time for one of my favorite things that we can ever do on this radio show, and that is be grossly self indulgent. Yes, grossly self indulgent. So we did this with the NFC uh, on Wednesday, I believe, or maybe it was yesterday. Maybe it was Thursday. I can't quite keep the day straight. But we're looking back on how we did, and we're using it as a bit of a end-of-the-year discussion in the NFL. So at the beginning of the year, 
Von Casey and myself, we picked every single NFL game that was scheduled to be played this season. And in doing such, we arrived at the season-ending records for each team in the entirety of the NFL. Pretty proud to say that yesterday after we went through the NFC, of the 16 teams in the NFC, we got, let's see, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 in a segment I like to call counting. We got 9 out of 16 records in the NFC. We predicted exactly right. That's, come on. Y'all know where to come for the That's not bad. That's really good. That's, that's pretty That's pretty good. You know, it's... Uh, exactly right. Right, exactly. Come on. Come on. <laughs> and we're also, you know, we're not afraid to tell you when we were uh, really damn wrong. But we didn't really have a whole lot of those instances. We no, were we, just the Vikings being disappointing. But you know that's not our fault. Yeah, it's, be better. It's what happens when you got Kirk Cousins at QB? You just I keep telling people that Kirk Cousins is just Andy Dalton. He kind of is. He is. He's choir boy Andy it's the Dalton. Same thing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> same person. It's like take Andy Dalton and then dye his hair and just get him to sing. He's got the whole world in his hands. Yeah. That's Kirk Cousins. Same guy. Same lifetime. <laughs> poor Kirk Cousins. Uh, so, anyways, we're going to move to the NFC. Not poor Kirk Cousins. The dude has made uh, hella skrilla, as the kids say. <laughs> I, I don't want to meet those kids. I don't like those kids. <laughs> you don't say hella skrilla? Come on, man. I don't like those kids. You're, you're hip. You're with it. I know. You're w- with it. <laughs> I just need to stop. What's, what's going on over <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move into the AFC and let's uh, let's take a look at how we did and let's uh, you know a bit of a round table or a flat line table discussion because it's just two of us uh, on a look back at the AFC. So let's start let's start in the AFC East today. Let's start with the Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. We were massively wrong about the Buffalo Bills. Weren't we all? We did not believe in Josh Allen at all. Yes, famously he was a trash can that had been lit on fire and kicked off of the side of the mountain. Yes, ex- yeah. boom, exactly. Gotcha. We were so down on Josh Allen coming into this season. We predicted that the Buffalo Bills would go 6 and 10. They wound up going 13 and 3. Josh Allen has a legitimate MVP case and we're going to we're going to run through our NFL brackets in the next segment. Mm-hmm. If somebody came to me and they said the Buffalo Bills are going to win the Super Bowl this year, I would say I can see it. You're not too crazy. Not too. I've crazy. never seen a quarterback learn to throw a ball in a year. I've. Ne- he Josh, was so inaccurate, so bad. Like go back and watch Josh Allen's tapes from last year. You will not be convinced that Josh Allen's not a clone. Like <laughs> he was. He was bad. And I'm not. We're not saying this to make up for our own bad prediction. He was really bad at football last year just watching him and there was nothing i wanted more than the bills to rise to prominence and kick the patriots to the curb right and dominate the afc east but whoever says they were predicting this i don't even think josh allen was predicting this. no no I, I think you're right so to put it in perspective and it can't all just be the addition of stefan diggs i think a lot of it that has, helps but it, it helps because he's a different type of talent that mm-hmm. will tear the top off of a defense and his receiving core has been updated a lot but it doesn't matter if he can't throw the ball to him no to any of them and he's been doing it he's been doing it he's been doing it time and time again so to put it in perspective uh last year buffalo went 10 and 6 almost despite of him because he was completing 58% of his passes he only threw for 3000 yards he had 20 touchdowns and nine interceptions this year 
as the Bills have gone 13-3. and three. Josh Allen, 70% completion percentage. Ridiculous. Okay, okay so like a 13% increase, basically. <laughs> 4,544 yards, so an additional 1,500 yards this season. An additional 17 touchdowns. And just one more interception. And that one interception, that's off of an extra 90 pass attempts this season. They put more work in Josh Allen's direction. And he got and more accurate. Completely answered the bell. I, I, there, there's no words for it. It's just It just seems like a bunch of really good offseason work yeah. on his part. A, a lot. Of, you're right. You're exactly right. A lot of better work. He also uh, cut down the fumbles. He had 14 fumbles last year. Just nine fumbles this year. A lot better. Josh Allen is good. So we were dead wrong on the Buffalo We will eat that Bills. one. I will gladly eat that one. Uh, the New England Patriots, we predicted them to go 9-7 and seven this year. Mm-hmm. They finished the year 7-9. and nine. So we were off, but... I think that's... We were off, but that's the same record, depending on what division you're in. Yeah. And... I think we expected a bit more out of Cam than what we got. Well, I guess we weren't expecting you know him to get COVID and... That's true. Never looked the same afterwards. Right. And he plays like he has an injury. Or he was playing like he has an injury that he didn't tell anybody about. His throwing motion was different. But right. all that aside, this is about where we thought the Patriots would be. Yeah, and I think you know, I think still Bill Belichick deserves a ton of credit to even take this team that had I mean, go up yeah. to the go up to the average NFL fan and ask them to name like four Patriots right now. They're gonna say Julian Edelman. And he didn't even play this year. Yep. He had an elective surgery. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I mean, they'll say Cam. You could say, I mean, I, for fantasy purposes, I could say, like, okay, we're James White's still there and Nikhil Harry and Jacoby Myers. But normally it's sure. like a very well-known cast of characters in mm-hmm. New England. Sure, there's a bunch of nobodies. This, you see why Tom Brady left. <laughs> Tom Brady got sick of throwing little five-yard drag routes. He wanted to... Miss a, a B down the field by 15. <laughs> Speaking of good coaches with New England Patriot pedigrees, uh, the Dolphins, we said they were going to go 8-8 eight eight this season. Exceeded expectations. Missed the playoffs despite going 10-6 and six this year. You said yesterday the Dolphins, if they can hit these draft picks next year, this upcoming draft, be a really scary team next year. Dolphins... Uh, going 10-6 and six and missing the playoffs is just indicative of how good every team in the playoffs is this year mm-hmm. uh the Dolphins don't have anything to feel bad about I think if we're just going off of actual coaching I think Brian Flores should probably be coach of the year yeah I, that, I think I he'll mean, probably end up you kept it. a locker room together when it definitely could have just fractured at any moment under we want Tua to be the starter we want Fitzpatrick to be a starter and when he it's, made the moves from Tua to Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick came in and won football games. You yeah. know, like those moves paid off. It wasn't just let me just bench the rookie to teach him a lesson. It yeah. was no, I need to make a change in the middle of the third quarter because it's the only way we're going to win, and they would subsequently win. As much as I don't, I didn't like it at the time when I saw it, just because you're you're taking out the court. It feels gross. Quarterback. Yeah. It feels it feels weird, but I do think that it's kind of odd that we expect everything from a quarterback immediately and give them no time to learn. And if you're going to learn under a guy, a Fitz, Fitzpatrick, who's been around the league and played in almost every Hall system. Hall of Famer, Ryan yeah, Fitzpatrick. Hall, definite Hall of Famer, <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick. This, it's, it, seem, it seems to have panned out. And with two first-round picks, two early first-round yeah. picks, 
They could make something next year. They could yeah. make a bit of a run. Have the Texans pick, which is at uh, number three or number four, and then they mm-hmm. have their own first-round pick. So Miami's coming. They should have made the playoffs this year. Chips just didn't quite fall their way. The New York Jets. We were kind to the Jets at the beginning of the season. Uh-huh. We said they would win two games. We said the Jets would go 2-14, and 14, and your New York Jets went 2-14 and 14 this season. Yes, expecting terribleness from the Jets yeah. is a profession of mine. We really went out of our way to get real bold with that <laughs> prediction. <laughs> Jets would be bad this year, yeah. <laughs> um, being 2-14 two, two specifically, though, is a bit of a shot because if you would have told me that they were going to be in a foot race for Trevor Lawrence, I would have thought they would have probably just tried to lose every game. <laughs> right. Yeah, and I mean, I think that, I mean, we thought that was the plan, and then they decided to win two out of their last three games. Yeah, I mean, they love to do that. Last year they closed out the season on a five-game win streak. The Jets, they did. Yeah. They're weird. <laughs> if I understand that they were like, we don't want to get used to losing, but you're the Jets. Yeah, Let's you're start. already used to it. You're used to losing. You're used to it. Don't play Adam Gase. You're gonna. <laughs> We're not used to losing here as the New York Jets. All right. Oh, man. <laughs> so they're in a complete reset once again. Looking for a new coach. And, uh, yeah, still no hope in New York. So yeah. what's new? Uh, AFC North. <laughs> AFC North. We predicted that the Baltimore Ravens would go 12-4 and this season. They went 11-5. and So we missed by a game. Lamar Jackson had a slow start to the year. Did And I, then he figured it out. It started playing – like Lamar Jackson, after a while, mm-hmm. uh, I think twelve and four and eleven and five. I I just there were the ga- same record. It's the same record. Yeah, that's the same team. I'm going to count that we got that right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. We had them going ten and six this season. Now we they ended up going twelve and four. Mm-hmm. But what what I always harken back to, and we're just bragging on ourselves here. We had them starting the season seven and zero. I yes. specifically remember going through the schedule. And it's, you look at the back at the beginning of the season, the first month and a half of the Pittsburgh Steelers seasons, they didn't play anybody. Mm-hmm. It was the Bengals. It was the Jets. You know, teams like that. Mm-hmm. They end up going 10-4. and four. Uh, They end up actually – or 12-4, and four, excuse me. They end up winning that division. So we were wrong, but we expected the Steelers to bounce back and, and have a good year now that Big Ben was back. Yeah, and the thing about the Steelers is there's two games I can specifically point to where I don't think they should have won and were generously helped a lot by penalties. Yeah. (laughs) By by egregious calls. (laughs) The next two teams, um, and you know what, I think this actually, the fact that we were so wrong in the AFC North, I say so wrong, we missed most teams by like two or three games, Mm -hmm. is because we predicted that this was going to be such a competitive division. Mm Mm-hmm. We had the Cincinnati Bengals going seven and nine this year. They finished four and eleven. My question to you: If Joe Burrow stays healthy, do they win three more games? That's the rest a seven of the and way? nine team. That's a six and that's a yeah. six and ten, seven and nine kind of team. Yeah, they, they were competitive. They were, and they they never looked out of it. This year, I think they're just going to focus on getting more weapons around Burrow. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you should go that route automatically. I think there's pieces that you could go get in free agency and then just focus on protecting Joe Burrow right. for a couple of O-linemen because every year you're going to find an O-lineman big enough to protect Joe Burrow. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Burrow. Uh, that's where I would go. But Cincinnati, despite their horrendous record, they're trending upwards. They're trending They're trending upwards for sure. Um, 
T. Higgins was a big emergence mm-hmm. for them this year. Mm-hmm. Former Clemson standout. He and Burrow have an obvious connection. They did. They went four wins with Joe Mixon. They're starting running back, missing most of the season. They had to make it work with Samaj P. Ryan and Giovanni Bernard. You saw a mock draft yesterday where you saw the Bengals drafting Devontae Smith, the Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah, I'm a big fan of if I've got the young quarterback, let me load up the top-end weapons. Every single year you can find truly special offensive linemen. Yeah. You can find a guy who's six foot six, 340 pounds. Mm-hmm. A truly special talent like a T. Higgins, like a Devontae Smith. you got to grab them when they're there. Yeah, I was not talking about their first-round pick. Oh, yeah. that's, that's the most – there's no obvious home runs ever in the, in the NFL, but to not give it a chance to to see what Joe Burrow could do. Joe Burrow just seems like he likes to see how far he can throw a ball downfield sometimes, mm-hmm. and Devontae Smith will be more than obliged to go out there and get it. <laughs> right, glad so glad that would that would be a lot of fun. It, as far as disparity of record goes, we had the Cleveland Browns going nine and seven. Mm-hmm. They finished eleven and five. Even though we were wrong by two games, I feel like the Browns massively exceeded my expectations. They did. Thought they were going to be competitive. They look great, and it all goes back to Baker Mayfield became such a different quarterback the second Odell Beckham went down. Yeah, um, I think the offense changed. I think it, it forced Baker Mayfield. It, it's re- always ridiculous to say that the Browns are a better team without Odell. Mm-hmm. It forced Baker Mayfield to make another decision other than let me throw it in tri- triple coverage. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> you know, like, I don't see anyone open. Odell, go get it. Yeah. Like, it forced him to actually let me go through my progression. I got to do something a little bit different. Yeah. And when they when he gets back, hopefully him and Odell take some time together to actually get into things, and Joe Burrow can learn what it looks like when an NFL quarterback is or NFL wide receiver is open. Right. Because it doesn't look the same as it did in college. <laughs> no, it does not. So uh, Browns, this is what, three teams from that division yeah. ended up making the playoffs there. So AFC North. Good division. Good division. Again, going to be good for quite some time. Like mm-hmm. all, even If Pittsburgh can quickly replace Big Ben, then I think – uh, I think they could be competitive. But you could also look at a situation. Is Let's say Big Ben doesn't come back next year. I know he's contemplating it. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh, without Big Ben, could very quickly go first to worst in this division they could. next year. Without Big Ben Roethlisberger, without a suitable replacement, I will take next year's Cincinnati Bengals over next year's Big Ben-less Especially Pittsburgh Steelers. De- Devontae Smith on that team, it mm-hmm. just be too. I think it would be too much. Too much. Uh, if you are... The Pittsburgh Steelers, Big Ben leaves. Do you go ahead and go make that move for Matt Ryan? Try to pick him up nah, if the Falcons. Are I'll go. I'll go younger. I just go. You don't want to make like a try for like a just a couple years to see if there's something special coming out of college. I just don't want Matt Ryan. I That's just, understandable. Just like, I'm just like, man, just get out of here. He also doesn't fit that cult. Doesn't I, Matt Ryan seems like a little. <laughs> can I just say it? How are you going to go from Big Ben Roethlisberger to Matt Ryan? I'm sorry. If somebody Ryan, somebody had to say Ryan, it. Dude. Somebody had to say it. I like Matt Ryan. Like I'm, I'm fine with I him, like but Matt the dude's Ryan. a little. Okay. 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 No, talk. I like that. Okay. I like the energy. We should clip that and send that to Matt Ryan. I got strong feelings about Matt Ryan. How tall is Matt Ryan? Matt Ryan oh, must not. You must six five, six six. He must not be able to fight. Probably six five. 
<laughs> the way you talk about Matt Ryan. I mean, bro, I'm like I'm like six yeah, two and a half. I'm a big dude. Yeah, can, I'm a big dude. See. I can take Matt Ryan. Okay, I'm not scared of Matt Ryan. Height, weight. I'm a Google. Can I fight Matt Ryan? <laughs> Matt Ryan's six four, two twenty, two hundred twenty pounds. I I like my chances. Look, I have a feeling. All I gotta do is. Just, how did this? How did it turn into that for Matt Ryan? Matt Ryan's gonna flinch. That's the thing. Like I could, I could jump at Matt Ryan. And he's gonna flinch, and I'm gonna be like, "That's right, walk away." You must have seen the video of Matt Ryan fighting or something, and he looked terrible. Arms all wide, swinging, grazing. He's just wild. He's got that Gumby look going on. Like Big Ben, I'm not gonna fight Big Ben. Probably not. He doesn't fit. Matt Ryan doesn't fit, fit that Steelers energy. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Mason Rudolph does. No, he doesn't either. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Let's move to the AFC South. What do you say? All right, yeah. Uh, AFC South, the Tennessee Titans. We had them going 8-8 eight and eight this season. We doubted the Titans at the beginning of the year. I know a big reason for me on that was I wasn't buying that Derrick Henry would continue to do what he did in the last month of the season last year, and I was gravely mistaken. You want to know who's not a little bitch? Derrick Henry. You know who I would not fight and most people in the NFL probably wouldn't fight outside of maybe Aaron Donald? Derrick Henry. That dude and Ryan Tannehill are special, man. That is a good daggone team they got in Tennessee. We were wrong. They finished 11-5. and five. I was uh, not not down on them because you know how much I love Ryan Tannehill mm. as a quarterback. I just thought there would be a little regression somewhere. Right. There was none. Ryan, none. Ryan Tannehill looks like the quarterback I always thought he was yeah. uh, when he was with the Dolphins and just needed a much better situation. And that is my cop-out for most players. That if you put them in a different situation, <laughs> they're probably a different player. We've got Titans versus Ravens coming up this weekend. That's going to be a really, really fun, brutal, if, tough game. If there's anybody that could bail out the Chiefs, it looks like the Titans could bail out the Chiefs from having to face that Ravens mm-hmm. defense. Continuing in the AFC South, so Tennessee Titans finished in first. Indianapolis Colts came in second. We had them going 7-9. and nine. They went 11-5. and P-Riv. Got that team going. That running game. Jonathan Taylor exploded. Uh, Naheem Hines had a, a big contrib- contribution to the team this year. But at the end of the day, that's one of the best defenses in football. Mm-hmm. Darius Leonard is top five linebacker easily. They're good all across the board. Just a solid football team. The AFC South this year, I think, has produced two of the most solid, well-rounded football teams in Tennessee and Indy. I think so. I just don't think you want to run into either of those teams if you're the Chiefs. I, I'm only thinking about this in perspective of the Chiefs because they are on a beeline for the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And there's so many teams in the AFC specifically. If the Chiefs were in the NFC, I'm putting them oh. in the Super Bowl immediately. Yeah. I'm just canceling just, the playoffs yeah. on the side of the NFC. But this AFC, they have some teams that – Play defense? That really play defense. (laughs) Not even like we can make create turnovers. It's I'll hit you. Right. Really, really hard. Yeah. yeah. There's not opportunistic defenses. No. It's old school defense. Like, we're just going to come at you with the four-man front, three linebackers, you know, just a base 4-3 defense and just grind it out. It's the best player. One of the best players in the AFC is a running back. And I mean, it's Derek. They they play a different type of football right, right now. It's. I'm just hoping they all don't beat each other up to the point where the NFC team just slays through 
<laughs> and takes advantage of the fact that all these 11 and 5 teams took each other out. Right, exactly. Uh, we had the Jaguars going 1 and 15. We were all over that. They finished 1 and 15. Look at us. Look at us. We got the Jag. The only, the only teams we've nailed so far in the AFC is the Jets and the Jags. So the AFC, I think predictably so, a tougher conference. Yeah. We had a harder time prognosticating, if you will, especially with this one. And I, was, I would I would like to rewind to August and ask, you know, past Sam and past Vaughn mm-hmm. what they were thinking about the Houston Texans because we said they were going to go ten and six. They went four we and twelve. Did. We had was the this, Texans. Was this pre move? Was this this wasn't pre move because we were all over the Cardinals. Yeah, yeah. D Hop D Hop was already gone. We what we did we expect the, out of Bill O'Brien? I don't know. We made a mistake. And we must have been tired. Yeah. Must man. have been high. Right. Like, I don't the know what Texans? was going on there. Oh, man. <laughs> I, don't okay. even, I don't even want to talk about the Texans anymore. Me either. Unless it's Houston, make a trade with Carolina. Let's get Deshaun Watson with the Carolina Let's Panthers. Let's make that move. We're going to keep that energy going. Let's wrap it up with the AFC West. The Kansas City Chiefs went 14-2. and We predicted they would go 12-4. and So, I think we tried to pump the brakes and cool down the Super Bowl hype, and they exceeded our expectations somehow. They did... I thought a 12 and 14 this year in this AFC. I think that's where we messed up. We were like the AFC is going to be so competitive. Teams records are going to be low, but they'll be better than we think they are. Uh No, everybody's just super good and beats up on each other occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> the Las Vegas Raiders at the beginning of the season, we thought they may go 8 and 8. Mm-hmm. The Las Vegas Raiders went 8 and 8. That's a pretty reliable thing with John Gruden. Solid team. Yeah. Just they'll, they'll, they have the second best tight end in the league. Yeah, that's playing currently because uh, Kittle didn't really play this year. Right, uh, but oh, yeah. I still think Darren Waller's better than Greg Kittle or George really? Kittle, whatever heck his name is. <laughs> is it Greg or George? I think it's you made me guess that. No, is I know. George, right? Is it George Kittle? I think it's George. It's not Greg. His name's not Greg. He's not the best tight end in the league. His name's Greg. It's George. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> There's only been one, and that's Greg Olson. Yeah, third leg Greg. Okay. That's right. <laughs> The Denver Broncos. Uh, you can tell it's Friday afternoon, and Sam is getting a little loosey goosey going into the weekend. Denver Broncos. We had them going four and twelve. They finished five and eleven. So same record, same team. It's about the, what we thought. The Broncos will never be good as long as John Elway's calling the shots. I agree. <laughs> Broncos will never be a good franchise. I still love Drew Locke. I'm a big Drew Locke guy. Drew Locke might be your Ryan Tannehill, and in a yeah, different situation, yeah. he could probably be pretty good. Pretty decent comp. Yeah. Pretty decent comp. I liked him a lot out of Mizzou. Uh, let's wrap it up. The L.A. Chargers, we predicted they would go 5-11 and 11 this year. They went 7-9, and nine, and those two extra wins simply came because they have the offensive rookie of the year. Justin Herbert mm-hmm. thought he would be a decent rookie. The dude wasn't just a decent rookie. The dude was like a top-seven quarterback in football. Outplayed. That team is – that's a 5-11 and 11 team. Mm-hmm. That – the team. There's a reason they fired Anthony Lynn already. It's they like, were they, he was holding them back. They were being coached like a five and eleven team. Yeah. The fact that they won seven games is entirely on the arm of Justin Herbert. If you look around the league at young teams or teams that need a head coach, mm-hmm. it, you're going to be real hard pressed to get me to take another job over LA just because if if I'm a young coach or an old coach, if I'm Eric Bieniemy, if I'm you know one of these guys who's up and coming. And you told me I can step in and I can have a 22, 23-year-old Justin Herbert to start my coaching career? Who already has proved that he can play in the NFL. Right. He's that dude. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yep, yeah, sign me up. Take it in a second. And you have a pretty good receiving core out there. One of the most consistently 
good wide receivers that never gets talking about in Mr. Allen. Keenan. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of opportunities out there in LA. Shout out to Mike Williams for just constantly disappointing me this year. <laughs> I mean they did that with Austin Eckler and missed yeah. like twelve games this year. Yeah. Uh poor Paul Austin Eckler. I, I he's one of the best stories. Because uh, if you watch their hard knocks, he was they were like they were all upset because they couldn't go out and find the next Austin Eckler. Right. Because they didn't have preseason games. And he gets hurt. It's terrible. Well, that's the AFC. We didn't do quite as good. No. So we got, what, nine right spot on in the NFC. We only got three in the AFC. Eh, well, you know. Because it's, it's the best conference in football currently. <laughs> Easily. <laughs> Easily. All right, when we come back, we fill out our NFL playoff brackets. Get you set for the weekend. This is the Sam Avila Show. Von Casey hanging out with me here on a Friday afternoon. More to come. A little Barry Manilow bringing us in here. Not bad. Looks like we made it. Because <laughs> we did, Von Casey. We did. This is the Sam Avila Show. Von Casey hanging out with me. We have made it to the end of the NFL season, or at least... Uh, closer to the end than we were a week ago, which I guess you can say every single week. But the NFL playoffs will begin this weekend. So because of that, it is now time, Vaughn, for us to make our predictions not only for this weekend, yes, the old staple of Sports Talk Radio, prediction radio, but um, I don't know if it's fun to listen to, but it's fun to do. So you know, indulge us for a little bit. But we're going to work through these games, and we're actually just going to go ahead and fill out a bracket. Um, NFL brackets are a little different because you got to adjust for the wild card thing a little bit. But brackets are just fun to fill out. And we didn't get to do it for NCAA this year. So we're going to just do brackets as much as we can on this show. But let's go ahead and just get this started. And we're going to go, Vaughn, in order of the way these games are going to air this weekend. Okay. So first game of the weekend is going to be Saturday afternoon, first kick. 105. You can catch it on CBS. It is the Indianapolis Colts heading to Ralph Wilson Stadium to take on the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are a six and a half point favorite. Um, if I were a betting man, I would say I'd like the Colts to cover here because I think this is going to be. If you're the Colts, you go into this game, and I think you take the approach of keep Josh Allen on the sideline. And I think Indy's built to do that. Um, I think the Bills ultimately win this game, though. I do, too. I think that I, I don't want to put the curse of Phillip Rivers on anybody, but right, <laughs> I, I can only go with what I've seen Phillip Rivers do for my entire life. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it it wouldn't be the worst way to go out to one of the to a team that could probably go to the Super Bowl and win it, but it's tough for Indianapolis to have a first-round exit here, but, I, yeah, i got to go with the Bills. Yeah, Um Philip Rivers not a very successful postseason career. He has a five and six playoff record. This seems like one of those games where it's going to be a Philip Rivers game in the yeah. sense of two minutes left, game on the line. Mm-hmm. P. Riff throws a pick. It, it could be that I don't want to put down on Philip Rivers like I'm saying he could go out and be the Philip Rivers we've seen him be reliably mm-hmm. this season. The Philip Rivers that. In my opinion, beat the Chiefs, uh, <laughs> uh, despite all the egregious calls. Or was it the Chiefs? Or the, uh, it was the Steelers. Yeah. Uh-huh. Despite all of the egregious <laughs> calls that they got uh, to take that game away from the Colts, 
I just think the Bills are too much for most teams to handle. Yeah. Uh, the next game on Saturday, the 440 kick between the Rams and the Seahawks. This is in Seattle. Seattle is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I guess the biggest storyline on this game is we are unsure of who's going to be the starting quarterback for the L.A. Rams. Is it going to be Jared Goff, who is dealing with a thumb injury? He has been throwing at practice this week. Is it going to be him, or is it going to be former Wake quarterback John Walford? You aren't going to inspire much confidence in me by telling me your quarterback is John Walford. So, <laughs> Man, don't do John Walford like that. He was, <laughs> he was, he was okay in college. He was, he was, he was. Uh, <laughs> okay is not very high-glowing praise, but he was okay in that's college. That's what he was. Yeah. <laughs> very accurate praise. I think I'm just going to stick with Seattle here. Um, me too. I hate picking scratch all the time. Yeah, but this is right. <laughs> yeah, I'm. It's, I'm always shocked at uh, this year. Like I thought the Rams would bounce back, and I think we knew they would. They had the Super Bowl hangover thing they were kind of dealing with last year. I just don't have a whole lot of inspiring confidence in even Jared Goff. No, if he is completely healthy. And if you want to go with the guy who, for half of the season, we were talking about might be the MVP candidate. Mm-hmm. That's not a bad bet. Yeah. Uh, let Russ cook. Yes. That's what we're telling you. Let Russ cook. We're going to go with the Seahawks. I think uh, those first two games most people would mostly agree with. Buccaneers versus the Washington football team, eight fifteen Saturday night. Okay. Washington is at home here. Uh-huh. Tampa Bay is an eight-and-a-half-point road favorite. I know they are. I want chaos. And I want <laughs> – Washington to win this game. I do too. I think desperately. I'm, I think if we're talking about what Brady is bad at, Brady is bad when there is pressure in his face. Mm-hmm. The Washington football team is very good at putting pressure. Fourth in the league in sacks this season. They're going to put some pressure on Tom Brady. Chase Young will be in Tom Brady's face, and I will be able to tell very early on if my pred- prediction here is wrong. Right, but you're going to go. You're going to go I'm football going, team. I'm going Washington. I think Washington would actually win this game. I think you can make a case for that. If I was betting on the spread, I would take Washington to cover the eight and a half mm-hmm. at home pretty easily. I'm a little bit nervous for Tampa's sake because it sounds like they're going to be without Mike Evans. Yeah. And so that turns into just Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown. That's not a bad combination to have. But having Mike Evans is pretty damn helpful. Mm-hmm. But Washington. There's whispers that they might platoon quarterbacks this year because or this game because Alex Smith is not nearly 100%. Mm-mm. Taylor Heineke on Wednesday got all of the first team reps. Do you want to strap your boat to Taylor Heineke? To Taylor Heineke. I don't and I don't think that this is going to be a high scoring affair. Mm-hmm. Which is good for Taylor Heineke. Right. If I thought that the if I thought for a second that the Bucks would come out here and put up a whole bunch of points. Right. Then no, I'm not taking Taylor Heineke right. to, to march down the field. Right. I think that if if this defense can stop, can put that pressure in Tom Brady's face, the small the low options aren't there. He has a couple. He has Scotty Miller. Yeah, Scotty. I don't know if it'll be enough to deal with everything that's going to be coming at him. Look, I, I love the energy. I wish I was as brave as you. I'm done. Take it. I'm. I, I think. I think it's a. It's a good pick. I just. I'm okay to be wrong here. I look. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. If Alex Smith was completely healthy, I could. I could be turned into this pick real quick. Yeah. If I had to see a second of Taylor Heineke playing football, this dude was taking online classes at Old Dominion like six weeks ago. 
Yeah. That's a real thing. Yeah, I know. Like, I, know. I mean, they signed Kyle Allen before they signed signed Taylor Heineke, both former Carolina Panthers. They were like, yes, please, Kyle Allen. And then they are like, gosh, Kyle Allen's dead. Can we get Taylor Heineke? You are not wrong with anything you're saying. I just have watched that. I watched that team tear apart my Cowboys right. running the ball. Right. It wasn't really anything to do with Alex, Smart, Alex Smith's arm. They just ran the ball very well on us and gave the ball to their playmakers. Our defense is comparable to the Bucks' defense. I would say that we're a step down, but not by much. Right? Like the Bucks don't have a very, very good defense over there. I just, I, I'm going to make the pick, and I could very well be wrong, but I've seen Brady fold the pressure. Yeah, and not. Super Bowl pressure, but pressure in his face. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, Chase Young is a man. Montez Sweat is a man. Yes. This team is full of grown men. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Heineke sounds too much like Heineken, and Heineken is a really gross beer. So I'm just, I'm going to just stick with Tom Brady. I'm going to go with the Bucks. That's great sports analysis. That's analysis right there. Yeah. Sound too much like Heineken. Can't pick you. Uh, <laughs> the Sunday game gets started with the Ravens and the Titans. I told you earlier this week, I think the Ravens win this game by 20 points. I think I man, I got this thing where like I think Lamar Jackson, after last year, the early exit in the playoffs mm-hmm. and it was like, hey, Lamar Jackson you won the MVP. You were good last year. You got into the playoffs. He hasn't won a playoff game yet. I think that eats at him. And Lamar seems like one of those guys that takes that kind of thing real personally. Mm -hmm. I'm going with the Ravens, and I don't think it's going to be close, surprisingly. I think that this could be one where if Lamar Jackson comes out hot, there's nobody in the league that can touch him. Mm -hmm. It's just you don't want to get into a game of – you don't want to get into a real tough-nosed game with these Titans. Right. Because Derrick Henry is eventually going to hurt you. Uh, but if they they make sure it's not close and they make Derrick Henry a non-factor, it's it's over. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's one hundred percent over. But I, I'm definitely going Ravens here too. Yeah, gonna be. I think that's probably the most exciting game of the weekend. Mm-hmm. Ravens Titans should be should be the best one at least on paper. Four forty Sunday afternoon CBS Bears at Saints. New Orleans is a ten point favorite. Uh, Drew Brees is back. He is. Um, is he correct? Is that is I, I that believe, right? I believe so. I, I couldn't remember if he. I think he's going to play. I said that with a question mark. <laughs> I think he's going to play this game. Uh, if not, I don't think it. He's makes back. Sense. Yeah, yeah, he's back. Uh, New Orleans is a ten point favorite. The Bears are starting Mitch Trubisky. That's enough for me to go the other way. I don't really know how the Bears turned it around middle of the year, they but I'm just going to go with the Saints. I'm they, not going to overthink this one. Yeah, I'm going Saints too. But they play defense pretty well and. The Bears have a, the Bears have. There's a case to be made that they could catch Drew Brees in some bad situations because he mm-hmm. looked terrible on Christmas night. Uh, so I'm, I'm not going Bears here. I've already made my controversial pick. Right, but <laughs> I if the Bears do win, I won't be surprised. Alvin Kamara did have the COVID coming off of that six uh, six touchdown game. So we'll see if that slows him down at all. Uh, the last game for this weekend, the Sunday night finale, Browns versus Steelers. This is in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is a six-point favorite. Kevin Stefanski is not going to be coaching in this game because he tested positive for the Rona. He's not going to be calling plays. I understand that Pittsburgh's good. 
I understand, or excuse me, I understand that Cleveland's good, mm-hmm. um, but I think a lot of that is because of Kevin Stefanski. He is the normal play caller for this team. Mm-hmm. Play calling isn't a science; it's a gut feel. It's being able to read the game. Kevin Stefanski is really good at it. That's why he had Minnesota as good as they were last year when he was the offensive coordinator there. You see, when he left, how quickly Minnesota dropped off and how quickly Cleveland got good. Mm-hmm. I don't think Pittsburgh's that great. I think they beat Cle- If Kevin Stefanski was coaching this game, I'd be taking Cleveland. Me too. Without Me too. Kevin Stefanski, I just think it's tough luck. I think the Browns get bounced. I'm going to go Steelers. Even without Kevin, I think that there's a – if the Steelers are not winning the penalty battle, right? Like, this isn't even like the refs are on their side. If they're not winning the penalty battle, they lose the game. Mm-hmm. And that's indicative of what we've seen. When they were playing in games <laughs> where there were no penalties called, really, when things are just wide open, they're, they lose. Yeah. Those are the games they lost. Yeah, when, you're right. When people are not calling penalties and they're not going their way. <laughs> and... I'm t- I'm taking the Browns. You're gonna go I'm, Browns. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna take the Browns because I would like to see it. Right. And they're not two teams that are terribly different. You get enough pressure. If Miles Garrett gets going the way Miles Garrett can get going, mm-hmm. he can take over a game. He can. Yeah. Yeah. He can. Uh, he can do it, and he can do it quickly. All right. So let's uh, let's go ahead and move into. I guess this would be the divisional round. Yeah. The divisional round because remember they've they've added an extra wild card team. This year, let's just start in the AFC. We'll get the Kansas City versus Ravens game that we always wanted. Yes. We both love Kansas City. It's going to be a track meet. Do you give the Ravens any chance? If so, how and why? They have a chance. They have a puncher's chance. Yeah. <laughs> they, they do have – if you have a puncher in boxing, they always have a chance to win. But you're also fighting Mike Tyson. <laughs> so, <Yeah>. you know <laughs> – as much as I love the Ravens and as on fire as they might be after tearing up the Tennessee Titans, I'm going Chiefs. Right. It's not quite a Buster Douglas situation. Like no. the Ravens are a little bit better than that. Yeah. But uh, regardless, the Chiefs are so good. Now, these teams have met once this year. They met in week three mm-hmm. earlier this year. The Chiefs beat them 34 to 20. Yeah. The- Patrick Mahomes threw for 385 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, Lamar Jackson was 15 for 28 for 97 yards. Now this was a, this was the, a different Lamar Jackson. It was start off slower, mm-hmm. and I think that this will just eventually turn into okay. Let's see how many yards Lamar can run and throw for. Yeah, but even then, the Chiefs look equipped to beat most teams that they come in contact with. I'm trying to get a um, health update on Clyde Edwards-Alaire. That's important. People think that they shouldn't run the ball over there in Kansas City. Report from yesterday, Clyde Edwards-Alaire on track to return for the playoffs. So between yeah. him, between Le'Veon, between the whatever D. Williams they have in the backfield, they've cycled through a million of them, <laughs> Damian, Daryl, Darnell. They've got a ton of D. Williams in yeah. the backfield. Um, it's it's just really tough to pick against the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Really tough to pick against the Chiefs. Ravens could win this game. AFC's a tough division. Yeah. this Pittsburgh does – or excuse me, Baltimore doesn't score – Enough. Like they don't. We were talking about the AFC earlier when we we're going through some of those records and how that's a bunch of solid football teams. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs have a mediocre defense, probably a better defense than they had last year. But what they have that nobody else has is they just go out there and say, "We're going to score more points and catch me if you can." You won't score more points. You you're not putting up 400 yards a game the way no. we are. 
No. And Passing. It, and it's especially Baltimore. Like, yeah. they need it to slow down just a little bit to fit Lamar's game. Steelers-Bills. That is your game. I'm going Bills Mafia, baby. Yeah. I'm I'm ride or die. My girlfriend's a Bills fan. I've trashed Josh Allen all season, or at least all preseason. I'm coming around. I'm rooting for Sean McDermott. Yeah. Uh, the defense there, Tredavious White, one of the best corners in the league. I think he's going to be a lockdown, whether it's Juju, whether it's Deontay Johnson. Sean McDermott's a defensive-minded head coach. This is a pretty similar defense that won 10 games and got into the playoffs last year. Mm-hmm. Now they've added a quarterback who's improved leaps and bounds and is in the MVP conversation. Stephon Diggs is a man on fire. We've seen him in the playoffs, the Minneapolis miracle. Mm-hmm. John Brown, your boy Cole Beasley. Yeah. There's, it, there's not much more you can say. I have uh, Browns Bills. Simply because I thought the Browns could win that game, and I'm still going with the Bills. You're gonna go with yeah. the Bills. The Bills over the are Browns. the Bills. The Bills are the only other team I'm looking at that could be like the, we can score with the Chiefs. We can score. Yeah, you're not going. And their defense is better than the Chiefs. Way better. Way better. So um, yeah, I'm going Bills here. You're gonna go Bills. Let's see here. Uh, next game we have. Packers versus Bucks for me. Uh, you have Packers versus Washington football team. Yes. Aaron Rodgers has been playing like a man possessed this year. This is another MVP year for it Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And it's kind of redundant to say because every year is an MVP year for, for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, if he chooses to go out this year, he's going out at the top of his game. Right. And proving he could have still played for like four more years. I mean, we talk so good about Russell Wilson. We talk so good about Tom Brady. You talk so good about Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson has 40 touchdowns this year. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady, surprisingly to me, has 40 touchdowns this year. Patrick Mahomes has 38 touchdowns this year. Josh Allen, 37 touchdowns this year. Aaron Rodgers has 48. He has the most <laughs> yeah. touchdown passes this year. In second place is eight touchdowns behind him. Yeah, and we're talking about... 48 touchdowns, Vaughn. We're talking about <laughs> seven touchdowns away from the season record. Yes. Which is 55. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> He's also also on that team. He has the best wide receiver in football, mm-hmm. Devontae Adams. At least the best, you know, just pure get it to him. Just throw it in the vicinity, and Devontae Adams is going to get his hands on yeah, it. Yeah, so... There's no reason for me to think that Washington actually stops this this yeah. Packers team. For me, uh, you went with uh, Tampa Bay. There's no reason to think that Tampa Bay stops Mm-mm. anything Aaron Rodgers plans on doing to them. No. Rodgers so. Rodgers is not going to go out. You know, he's on the tail end of his career. He this might be his last opportunity to get a you know career memorable moment against yeah. Tom Brady. I think he gets it here. I got Packers. I think so too. And as much as I love that pass rush that I have beating Tom Brady in Washington, don't have those same problems with Aaron Rodgers. Right. He will get out of the pocket and make you pay. Because that if you blitz somebody, that means you left Devontae Adams one-on-one, and that's a no-no. Yeah, he'll take that. Yeah. He's like, okay, good. All I'm right. glad you did that. <laughs> I'm glad you did that. Seahawks-Saints. I believe both of us had the Seahawks versus mm-hmm. the Saints. That's a tough game for me because – it, I don't understand. Not that the Seahawks dropped off, but Russell Wilson – He's still really good, mm-hmm. Mr. Unlimited. You know what? I'm picking the Saints because I just don't like Russell Wilson. Call me crazy. Yeah. I don't like Russell Wilson. Um, 
I think Chris Carson's been a little bit banged up. The defensive okay. secondary has Jamal Adams is going to be out, I, I believe, mm-hmm. over the next couple of weeks. But so. it doesn't take it. This is the thing about this. Where I, when you hear what I'm about to say about Drew Brees, sounds crazy because Drew Brees is Drew Brees, but it doesn't take an elite secondary to pick off Drew Brees. No, no, it doesn't. He's, uh, his game is quickly shrunk closer and closer to the line of yeah. scrimmage. Over and he the last still has years. those moments where he the ball comes out of his hands and it looks perfect. Right. But some of those passes. Against an average secondary, they're they're going to make you pay, and you don't got to give Russ much. Yeah, I just look at I look at Lattimore on the outside for the Saints. I put him on DK. I put him on Lockett. I put him on DeAndre Hopkins. I put him on Devontae Adams. I'll yeah. put Lattimore against anybody in the league, and I like him not to shut him down to limit him. Yeah, if you limit DK Metcalf to a fifty yard game, then I think you win the football game. And so I'm going to go with you the know. Saints. I'm going to go with the Saints. You can go go with the Saints. I'll probably go Seattle here. Seattle. Yeah, I think I think I think Russ can pull this out. Uh, he's proven in the playoffs with without DK Metcalf as a weapon that he can get it done, making something out of nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seattle's defense has been a little slack this year. Yeah. Saints will have home field advantage there too. Um, I'm really going out on a limb. I've got the I've got the one seed and the two seed. <laughs> on both sides of my bracket here, it says, yeah. this is not this is very unlike me. I usually like to go against the grain a little bit. Yeah. Um. So I will do that. Chiefs versus Bills. You're gonna go. I told myself I'm not gonna pick the Chiefs to win the, the Super Bowl. I think at the beginning of the year, I said the Chiefs are gonna win the Super Bowl. I want to be cheering for the dog here. I'm gonna go. I want to go Buffalo Bills. I want dude. the Bills to win. Man, too. I I bashed Josh Allen so hard, and then you, as a punishment for me, I don't know if you remember this, made me in week one before the season started. We did give each other a take that you have to support. Yes. And so this was before the season started. After I had bashed Josh Allen for weeks, you said make a case for Josh Allen to be the MVP, mm-hmm. and I did such. Mm-hmm. I didn't believe it, but I made the case. You made the case, and I'm going to ride with this fool. Yeah. I'm going. I'm going. Buffalo Bills upset the Over Kansas the City Chiefs. The Chiefs look. It's a. That's almost a look ahead game. They're yeah. they're they're doing what I did at the beginning of the year. Josh Allen, Buffalo Bills, get out of my face. Yeah. We're the Chiefs. We got this. More physical football team. Pretty comparable level of offense. The offenses are comparable. The Chiefs are facing a better defense. That, with, with the Bills here, that, that Chiefs defense will get torn apart. <laughs> but they always rely on the fact that Patrick Mahomes can score 50,000 points. Yep. Turns out the other <laughs> on the other side of the field, Josh Allen is just as willing to put everything on the line in every pass. And he's throwing at 70%. <laughs> so, I might also go with the Bills here. I, I like a hot take. Yeah. And uh, it might sound crazy. I think the Chiefs. If the Chiefs win this game, obviously I'm not surprised. I just want the underdog to win. I want the Bills to get to a Super Bowl. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. Um, so Packers Saints on the other side. That's a really tough game for me. I have always been amazed that Aaron Rodgers only has one Super Bowl victory. Me too. In his career. Me too. And I think Aaron Rodgers is ready to quit football. Mm-hmm. He's kind of alluded to that very often. He's one of those guys who you know, has interest off the field and all that stuff, kind of over the whole thing. I think he wants to ride off into the sunset. I'm gonna say the Packers beat the Saints. The story, he, the storylines you could create with a 
another Green Bay Seattle matchup mm-hmm. where you have one guy who's ready to be done and another guy who is jockeying for places, maybe one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Yep. Both of these quarterbacks are. You got the fail Mary, yeah. You know the yeah. the blown call back in two thousand and twelve, two thousand thirteen. Yeah. You got you have the, the replacement ref game, <laughs> right? Right. There's so so many stories you can make because I I I pick Seattle to beat the Saints. I'm still going with Green Bay here. Still so going to go with Green we're, Bay. We're in alignment there. You're going to go. So so Vaughn has Green Bay. I have Green Bay coming out of the NFC. Do we both also have the Bills? We both have the Bills. So we both have a Bills Packers championship game. And I say the Buffalo Bills are going to do it. They're going to do it for Jim Kelly. Look, wow the the record for the most consecutive Super Bowl appearances. What was it like ninety through ninety three? I think they they lost four four straight straight Super Bowls. They lost to every NFC East team except for the Eagles. They lost twice to the Cowboys, once to the Washington Football Team, and to the Giants. There are two teams: the Minnesota Vikings and the Buffalo Bills have both been to four Super Bowls. Both of them have never won. This is the year. Josh Allen plants his flag and says, wow. "You know what? I'm not going to go down as the greatest, but you're, I'm going to be talked about." He's going to do what Jim Kelly never could. Is going to be a great day in Buffalo. Josh Allen. Okay, let's go completely off of the hypothetical wheel here because I'm I'm going to just go for it and pick Buffalo too. Boom. So let's go really off of the hypothetical okay. wheel here. A quarterback has a Hall of Fame caliber year. Leads a team that was destitute to a Super Bowl. Is he automatically in the Hall of Fame? If Josh Allen wins a Super Bowl this he's, year, he's, he's in. He's, the in. he's in the Hall of Fame. I'm sorry. I, w- I will say. I will say. <laughs> like he's still got some work to do. But he if does. he's doing, it's like Patrick Mahomes. It's, I think it's the same conversation you can have about Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes could retire tomorrow. Patrick Mahomes is in the Hall of Fame. If Patrick Mahomes never plays another game of football, he's definitely going in the NFL Hall of Fame. Josh Allen wins a Super Bowl this year. He's he's a Hall of Famer. He is immediately. He is, isn't he? It's a long shot, but uh, look, you, you got to have some fun when you do these picks. Yeah. I, it sounds so much fun to root for Buffalo, dude. I, I've been wanting to take a trip to Buffalo for quite some time. Yeah, man, I'm I am all in Green, Buffalo Bills. Green Bay. I, I think Aaron Rodgers in that last in the last stand against Buffalo could pull it out. Yeah, of course. But because you never game on the line. There's only one guy I want with the ball in his hands. Yeah. It's Aaron Rodgers. I'm still, I'm still going with Buffalo. I'm going with Buffalo. I just man. want that's a that's yeah. a feel good story. I would be even happier if they were playing against Seattle. I don't know if if Seattle can beat Green Bay. I don't think they can. That's why I picked Green Bay. But right. I'd be even happier if they were playing against Seattle, just because I think that would be a more fun game. But man, yeah, Buffalo Bills, Buffalo Bills, Buffalo so Bills Mafia. Let's is, uh, we'll break some tables in celebration. Upstate New York. That's right. You have a champion. It's real cold. You guys, uh, you've been dealing with 12 foot of snow every day for the, your whole entire lives, but you at least now get a Super Bowl to celebrate with. Buffalo, Canada's team, the Buffalo Bills. Imagine the Buffalo Bills go out here and lose to the Colts. <laughs> I know. I'd be like, come on. I see, I also wouldn't be shocked about that either. Well, not at all. Not at all. That's the, that's the only other thing we're saying. We have all the hope in the world in the Buffalo Bills. We're not making caveats. We're just saying that if – the Buffalo Bills go out here and lose <laughs> and lose automatically to the Colts. It's the Chiefs. The Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Chiefs won the Super Bowl. It's the Chiefs Packers Super Bowl if that happens. Yep. And you know, I think it'd be cool for Rodgers to 
get that right off into the sunset moment. Think but about, he's kind of a jerk, so I'm just kind of like, yeah, stick it to you, Rogers. Think about all the stories you, they would tell on NFL Network. It would be like the young emergence versus the old guard, the yeah. Patrick Mahomes versus Aaron Rodgers. Storylines. One Super Bowl apiece, both of them. You can't tell me that the NFL doesn't you know, put the fix in on some of that stuff. It, NFL, I they have an agenda for Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> <laughs> well, Vaughn, it's been real this week, man. Appreciate you hanging out. Yes, sir. Um, we both had the Buffalo Bills win the Super Bowl. So yes. we'll check back next week and we'll see how wrong we were. <laughs> <laughs> when Phillip Rivers puts up nine touchdowns. <laughs> oh, terrible. Uh, he is Von Casey. You can check him out on Twitter at V-O-N-K-252. That's Vonk. Like Von Casey, right? V-O-N-K-252. He'll be back next week. And we might be eating our words on the Buffalo Bills thing. Yeah, we're going to be apologizing to a lot of people in New York. <laughs> We come back here on the Sam Avila Show and close it down next. If you missed any of today's show, if you just need more of the Sam Avila Show in your life, because we do it for two hours every single day. Well, we only did it for three days this week. And we were off like two and a half, three weeks before that. (laughs) But going forward and backtracking into 2020, because that's what you want to do, right? You want to backtrack into 2020 now? Uh, you can get the Sam Avila Show wherever you get your podcast. Yes, it is a podcast, and it is mostly commercial-free. Even though the show, a lot of times, even on terrestrial radio, is oftentimes also pretty commercial-free. But I do appreciate the support that we have been getting so far on the podcast. Uh, the numbers keep slightly trending up. I would love to get more of that. I appreciate you guys listening and uh as always, you can reach out to me on Twitter at Sam Avalos. On Twitter, you can find my email, sam at 252radio.com. Email me. That's cool. I'll talk. But yeah, download the podcast uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Please, pretty please, pretty please. Uh, it was a fun week. We'll be back next week. Big sports weekend coming up. We talked a lot of football today. The football is going to be a lot of fun, obviously. You're going to watch it. It gets underway at 1 o'clock tomorrow. The, the adding the extra wild card game and now the first weekend of NFL playoffs, now that it's we get the 1 o'clock kick every day, oh, blissful. Very excited about that. But outside of that, I think NC State's in action versus Miami tomorrow. I believe Duke is taking on Wake. I'm sure ECU has a game this weekend. I apologize, ECU fans. I have not gotten into ECU basketball yet this year. I will try to get called up on ECU basketball. Maybe I will see if Steven Igo will join us next week. Steve and I go, of course, hoistacolors.net. Free plug for him here without even being a guest on my show today. Um, that dude knows more about ECU basketball than anybody I've ever talked to. And he's also the most positive and uplifting and upbeat ECU basketball fan that I have ever met. So uh, maybe I'll reach out to him and see if we can get him on the show next week. But the game I am looking forward to most this weekend is UNC versus Clemson tomorrow night on ESPN, 7 o'clock. The number 19 Clemson Tigers heading to Chapel Hill to take on UNC. Clemson coming off of a win over NC State earlier this week. UNC coming off of a win over Miami earlier this week. Buzzer beater by Andrew Playtech. Clemson had to go to overtime to beat NC State. The reason I'm excited about this game is because EC, or excuse me, UNC is teetering on a cliff right now where this season can go one direction or the other. And that Andrew Playtech shot the other day that gave them the win. 
teetered the seesaw a little bit towards the direction of the season we were hoping for, or UNC fans were hoping for. You know, I'm, I'm bitter, but I try to put my biases aside. It's trending more positive. But the game tomorrow against Clemson can do one of two things for you if you're a UNC fan. It can either A, win, and it turns into the storyline being, look at this UNC team rounding into form. How about that performance the other night against Miami? And we talk about the Andrew Playtech game winner and UNC battling back in that game as a team that found a way to win, right? If you're a good team, you have some bad nights, and but the good teams find a way to win. That could be the storyline about that game the other day. It's crazy that like the storyline still hasn't fully developed on how I look back on Tuesday's win for UNC. But if UNC wins tomorrow night against a very good Clemson team, then I look back on the win on Tuesday and I say, look at that. They found a way to win it and they bounced from that and they, they snowballed it into an excellent performance against Clemson. They beat a top 25, shoot a top 20 team at that. Clemson's 19th in the country. That's the UNC we're used to seeing around the middle of January. I know it's still kind of early January, but we're at the 8th. Come on. If they lose, then we look back on the win on Tuesday night and say, well, you know, Maybe that was a little bit lucky there at the end. Still a dub. You know, win's a win. It's going to count the same at the end of the day. And losing to Clemson wouldn't be a bad loss. But if UNC wins this game this weekend, I will be back throwing my support behind this is a pretty solid UNC team. I'm still undecided. I still have to make up my mind. Duke's playing Wake Forest tomorrow. I looked it up. They are at 12. That's going to be on the ACC network. If you're a cord cutter like me, that game's going to be easier to find. NC State is going to be on the ACC NX channel, which if you have cable, I think it's the Fox Sports Carolina affiliate is where those games usually air. If you are, again, a cord cutter like myself, you have a hard time finding that game. So I'm going to watch Duke tomorrow morning. Or, well, yeah, it's kind of morning on Saturday, 12 o'clock, right? Some of us are still wiping the sleep out of our eyes. <laughs> My dad would be so disappointed if he heard me say that. He's like, what, you're wiping the sleep out of your eyes at 12 o'clock? <laughs> uh, I'm going to watch Duke because I need to pay more attention to this Duke team. We don't have a very large sample size with Duke yet. They're only 4-2. and they They're only four and two. They've played six games. They've had a lot of games canceled on them. And the teams that they've played, the teams that they've beaten, haven't been very high caliber. So uh, the basketball, the basketball here in our state, I think the big game a lot of you will be interested in is Clemson versus Carolina because I think it's going to uh, be a real tone setter on how the pendulum swings for the rest of the season for the UNC Tar Heels. One last reminder, head to Snapdragon downtown this weekend. They have partnered up with Toyota of New Bern. Of course, we love Toyota of New Bern. Head out there. They've got colorable Printout copies, okay? Colorable. Yes, like a coloring sheet. Remember what you did? You old folks back in the day growing up as kids, you colored coloring books. Remember those? They've got some of those down at Snapdragon right now. Absolutely free. Toyota of Newburn themed. Go get you one. I would prefer, again, that your child color it in and not you. Even though some of your children may do a better job than you could do yourself. But get that coloring sheet filled out. The information on how to submit it is right on the coloring sheet. You can leave it there right at the store. You can drop it off at Toyota of New Bern. They also have an email that you can send the coloring into. 
They just need your name and an email address, and you will be entered in to win a $50 gift card. So uh, going to be really cool. If you are interested in that, head down to Snapdragon uh, and support them and support Toyota of New Bern, who, of course, supports us here at 252 Radio. We are always very appreciative of that. Always appreciative of you guys who tune in and listen each and every single day. Um, can't say that enough here on the show. So be back here on Monday. I'm excited for Monday because Monday is going to be a seminal moment in 2021. Maybe for a lot of us. Because we are now going to be one week into the new year. So tune in on Monday and we will see how quickly I have shattered my New Year's resolutions. Really a dirty, dirty thing that the NFL does to us where the New Year comes around. A lot of us are like, I'm going to eat better. I'm going to drink less. And then Saturday and Sunday come around and they say, cool, I see you drinking less and eating better. And I will raise you three consecutive NFL playoff football games on two consecutive days. Temptation. Temptation at its finest. So uh, try your hardest this weekend, but enjoy the football, folks. I will be back here on Monday, 4 o'clock. This is the Sam Avila Show. Talk to you then.